BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. What up, y'all? Hey. Hey, we got some new mic stands. We do. You're very excited about them. I am, because now I can, like, lean back yeah. and I don't have to, like, crouch and... Not like you did anyway. Stick my mouth in the mic. I feel like you like doing that. Yeah, but it got annoying. Like, I couldn't lean back. I'm more comfortable, like, lean back. It's very weird, though, because we're right across from each other. And now I have to look at you. And we're, like, what, a foot and a half apart. Yeah. And normally we're, like, complete other sides of the table. Yeah. Now we're close. Now I have to stare at you. I have to look at your face. This is very weird. Your resting bitch face. My resting bitch face. It's not so resting today. Hmm. Whatever. We got coffee. Thank you for that. We did get coffee. Um... We also picked up the motherfucking t-shirts, guys. Yes, we did. So we have the Death Do Us Part t-shirts. I'm going to put them up today, later today. Cool. Um, it, I'll just tell you now. They'll be on the Patreon page. You don't have to be a Patreon to get one. They're going to be on our website. Um, and then you can just email the DDUP podcast with your order and your address, and we will send it out to you. And they look cool. They do. They look great. If we sell out, we'll get more. Um, the poop shoot ones are getting a touch up, so they should be done this week. Because Mark wants a shirt about shit on a yellow shirt, so they, they're trying to figure out well, how yeah. to make it not look like literal shit. So uh, That's the point, though. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean. So th- those will be done this week, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I kind of want to make this like my little podcast office. That was the point. That's what I told you I wanted. No, like so I can like research in here and stuff. Yeah, so nobody you can. talks to me. Um, I need. I have to get a chair though. Is that one broke? Because no, but as padded as my ass is, this is not fucking comfortable. It's mm. not a comfortable chair. Yeah, I, I, I gotcha. I don't need a rolly one. I don't need anything fancy. Just a little padding. Get like a little donut. I don't think that'll work. I'm on one with arms. 
Oh, now you're getting fucking a little bit much. I'm sorry, who does all the research? Boom. Mm. God, you're so fucking mean I today. I to move my new mic, which there's a fucking spider on this morning. Of course there was. Move the stand. That's the whole point. I know. I don't want to move the stand. I want the stand where it's at. I wanted to move the microphone a little bit. It's like hanging off now. Oh, my fucking God. There. Better? Yeah. Man, you're grumpy. Take a sip of your coffee. I'm going to. Why are you so grumpy? I don't know, because that's who I am as a person. I'm fucking trash. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I got a shit ton of stuff to do today. Mm. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, because you're not going to do any of it. No. No. You're going to watch the Bears game. That's about it. Noon. Mm. They're playing Baltimore. I got to drive Leah. Oh, that's Oh fuck! That's right. You gotta, gotta drive. Fucking to... drive Leah to Driver's Ed. Pick how, her up. How two about hours her fucking later. dad does it? Yeah. So. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. We got a new Patreon yesterday. Oh, did we really? We did. Her name is Ashley. Thank you very much, she Ashley. She's a patrolman. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Um, and Roxanne, I just want to let you know that because of my husband, my son now sings the song yeah sorry <laughs> he does i don't even know how the fuck he knew that just song. you uh, just he just sings the part that you know yeah so i told um, you where she was from right yeah she hit me up yeah so um so the other merch too by the way my mom is picking up today <laughs> to bring mm-hmm. tomorrow because it's a far drive and i'm lazy it's called spade a spade here mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna comment because you're already. It's probably best like, that you don't. On 10 today. Yeah, it's probably best that you don't. Yeah. So. Um. The next story is going to be a Patreon, right? It's going to be a Patreon exclusive. And it's yes. going to be a three-parter. It's uh, going to be a good one. So people. It's going to be a might, long three-parter. If you want to hear a good one, you're. I apologize, but you're going to have to sign up. I'm literally obsessed with this case the next one that we're doing and you're talking to a family member i am of the deceased yes so via twitter yeah so so that will be the delphi case yes i i'm gonna solve this motherfucker Mm, i'm I'm telling you (sighs) i know i know your theory they have who did it they just won't say it i know yeah and they just i'm not disagreeing with you they know who did it. They just don't have enough to prove right now. I heard some pretty fucked up theories, too, so we'll get to those. Okay. Yeah. Well, today we have another good one. Yeah, Another so, close to home yes. one again, so today was we apologize. Today was one I was going to do. What's up? Today was one I was not going to do. I know. I know. But, yeah. But I apologize that it's another, like, Will okay. County <laughs> close to home one again, but it... Dude, there, there's been, like, these cases out here mm-hmm. are fucking insane. They're screwed up. Yeah, so, so this was another one that, this was several years prior, th- this was probably, like, the first big case out of Will County, I think. With Glasgow? Well, yeah, the Glasgow era. Yeah, it was. Um, 
but this was yeah. a he, this was a first like I think nationwide. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it was like the first big one out of Will County. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we apologize. Like the last few have been local. Local, you know. Us, well, Illinois, Illinois is fucked up. We can't help it. Yeah, right. <laughs> this one though. But it's good. This it's, one I said I, I wasn't going to do. And why? Um, because of where they got the DNA evidence from. Okay. It made me literally sick to my stomach and I oh. couldn't. So, but um, a good friend of mine asked me if I would do this one because okay. she, uh, her and her family are actually friends with the father. Oh, okay. So. All right. Yep. So today we are going to be doing Riley Fox. Riley Fox. Yes. I I know a little bit about it. I remember the news. I remember like reading some of the news articles mm. and watching some stuff on YouTube about it, but I'm not like super into it. I I don't I don't know the I I know what happened to dad, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. But I mean it's it's a good case though. It's horrific in the sense that it was a, it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah. And that's all that it was. Yeah. So, I'm like cold now. I was just hot. Now I'm cold. You're mm -hmm. drinking a cold brew. Oh, it's so good. It's Irish cream. You should have got more whipped cream on mine though. That's the only it's thing. It's not whipped cream. It's cold foam, babe. Well, cold foam or whatever. You you're slacking. Perhaps this is why I'm grumpy this morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hmm. I'll just drink my coffee. Yeah, just drink your coffee. With no cold fucking Oh, my foam. God. Do you want the cold foam off of mine? It's Irish cream cold foam. Oh. It's not sweet. Actually. Here, do you want to taste it? Yeah, could I? I want to lick it. Lick it. Uh-huh. Oh, babe, that's it's fucking phenomenal. Now in your beard. <laughs> You want to lick that out? No. Mm, come here, baby. Yeah, I saw this. These were because these are seasonal. Oh, that's they don't phenomenal. have them year round. So when we ordered Starbs the other day, yeah, I called Kate and I was like, "Dude, it's back." They didn't advertise it. That's good as fuck. She's like, "I'm <laughs> I'm playing out the pumpkin until they stop, and then I'll switch." Mm. Nope, Irish cream all the way. Yeah. Is, Do you want to try the actual coffee? Yeah, let me try, try the it. actual coffee. It's good. It tastes like Bailey's, to be honest with you. Yeah, which I'm allergic to, so it's good mm. that I can't. Yeah. Yeah, I might get that next time. Mm -hmm. Do they make a decaf mm -hmm. one? Yeah, that kind of tastes like. Er, yeah. I think they can make anything decaf because they're just using shots of espresso. Right. So. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty good. The yeah. foam is <laughs> pretty fucking good. That's where it's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like mine, though. Simple. Yeah, yeah. Yours is good, though. Yours is a classic. Yeah, it it's is. It's the caramel macchiato. Caramel macchiato. Caramel macchiato. Starbucks, please sponsor us. Yeah, right? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> like, for real. Isn't this great with the new mic stands? Like, it, this is so much is. easier. It is. I told you. I've been telling you for a couple weeks now, and... But tell me this is... This is better. Yeah, yeah this is way better than... This shit's not propped up on notebooks. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> no so low, and I just yeah. I kept having to bend forward, and... Well, the wheelchair doesn't help. No, but, so. like, now I'm 
I could sit comfortably. I was going to say, are you comfortable at least? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to pay attention and be off of your phone now that you can, you have to look right at me? I know. The thing is, there's no TV in the, like, I I can't see the TV now. So now you have to fucking listen. Now I have to fucking look at you and listen. Guys, he's such a fucking douche. Because, like, I'll start my story and I'll be literally four seconds in and he gets on his fucking phone. What? Are, are you done? Jesus Christ. Um, I'm checking it because usually it's going off. It's one of the kids like texting about something. I'm not just like on Facebook fucking checking statuses and shit. You are. Which, by the way, can you text Leon? <laughs> you fucking. What an asshole. Yeah, tell her. Because I think she. I think we told her to be home at 11. Yeah, I think so. We're recording in the morning, guys. Yeah. Well, this isn't really morning I, and I for feel us. so much better doing it. This it, is like... At night, it's it's killing yeah. me. We were going to do it last night. I set everything up last night. I lit a candle in here for ambiance. Yeah, I like it, Mama. And then at like 8.30, Mark was like, no. I, I just I felt in, I had a rough night You again. know what, though? I wasn't really up to... I could tell you weren't. Yeah. And that's I and I had a rough fucking time. My I had anxiety. A big issue with dizziness yesterday i was dizzy all day so is it a little bit better today yeah a little bit so hopefully it'll be yeah why don't you tell the people so i got i got a brain thing um i had some issues going on i thought honestly i thought i had ms because my mom has ms and it's hereditary and all that good stuff so i went and had an mri and it turns out i have what's called uh inferior herniated cerebral tonsillar tonsils excuse me with a Kyrie malformation so that means my tonsils have now dropped below the hole in my skull mm-hmm. your foramen magnum Mag- magnum I'm probably saying that wrong which I shouldn't be saying that wrong because it's my job uh, essentially my tonsils have dropped below my skull and are now squishing my brain stem so as if we didn't have enough going on. Right, right, because we didn't have enough fucking shit. So right. um, it's it, it, dizziness, off balance, speech. So if I stutter, if I like can't say a word, sometimes it's me just being a fucking idiot. <laughs> sometimes I literally just can't. Now you're like me. Yeah. Now we both have broken brains. Yeah. Except so, yours hopefully will be fixed. I will be having brain surgery mm-hmm. at some point. Um, so we go to the neurosurgeon yeah, on and, the sixth. Yeah. Now, I'm not. I'm not freaking out. Mark's mm-hmm. freaking out a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Um, my cousin just had the same exact fucking surgery. Like, what? Uh, what are the odds? It's very slim. It's a very not common thing. And it turns out my cousin. That's that's what. She that's not even had. blood related. Right. Not not even close to being blood related right. because everybody's adopted and you know. Right. So. Uh, it's nice though. I, I shouldn't say it's nice. That sounds terrible, but it's good because like I can I can ask her anything because some of the symptoms are very odd. Yeah, like excessive sneezing. Yeah, and I've I've noticed that. Yeah, um, I forget how to swallow. Like I kind of just sit here and hope I don't choke because I forget how to swallow. I don't see Jonas. So, um, <laughs> so stuff like that. But so yeah, now we both have broken yeah brains. but the good thing is it's not a mass no it's a better which is, yes. diagnosis than a mass yes 
you know, this is fixable. Yeah. So even though it's technically a brain surgery, it is fixable. It is fixable. And the recovery we, is pretty good. Yeah. It's it's going to be a little long, so I'm going to make sure that we record a couple beforehand. Yeah. Um, But so I'm you on... You said before it's the recovery wasn't that bad. It's not that bad in the sense that I'll, I'll be home. I won't be in, like, the hospital. But... Oh. I, um, no, just for, like, the first two weeks. Okay. We'll record a, a couple ones. But... They, um, so I'm in this group. What's on, that noise that I don't know? We got to be careful hitting uh, the table because something is like jiggling. Um, they call so this group on Facebook, mm-hmm. they call each other zipper heads. I don't understand why you they have to go through your head. Why would they, they go through your mouth? I don't know. They well, because they have to get to your brain stem itself. So what they do is they go in and they decompress the tonsils. Yeah. So they like kind of pop them essentially but then they chip off pieces of your skull behind your ears and they shave down c1 so Hmm. they have to go through the back because they're fucking around with your skull back there Hmm. so yeah they call them zipper heads and can they take the crabbiness out maybe i mean if i'm not fucking dizzy and running into walls every day i might not be such a fucking raging twat face It's so just, it's crazy. We have so much isn't that, fucking right, shit going right. on, and like now, I you know next next thing up for me is my fucking knee, yeah. and, and then we go from there. Oh my god! But I I I thought it was MS. I didn't say anything yeah, for months. I, I mean, I've had symptoms for months and didn't say a word because I was like, it's it's MS. What the fuck are they gonna do? Nothing. No. So yeah. I mean, we're probably eventually gonna have to worry about MS because it runs in your family. Yeah. So yeah. But at least for now. I mean, fucking throw it on there. Whatever. At this point, (laughs) why not? Fucking everything else has fucking happened. So, Jesus Christ. But we need a fucking break after this. Oh, look, we can play footsie. Oh. Uh, My fucking. You like my compression socks? I do. I'm like an old fucking man. Um, My Auntie Ro-Ro is still in the hospital. Yeah. She is doing great, though. You're fighting hard, Ro. uh, She's having surgery this week. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much open heart surgery, right? Kind of. They're fixing an aortic valve. Yeah, well, so. it's a big deal. Um, my uncle just had cancer cut out of his cheek. Mm-hmm. So we're done. We're done. Yeah, yeah. we've had enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fucking over it. Yep, about done. <laughs> I'm over it. Yeah, if something good could happen, that man, that would you be know, fabulous. Maybe if God could just. For once. <laughs> Stop being like, fuck you guys. Right. Here's this shit. I hate you guys. Yeah. You know. And then my mom, she's so sweet because, you know, we find out what it was. I'm upset. And she's like, and, you know, she's not a religious person. Yeah. But she's like, they, they always say, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. I am not fucking Superman. Can we stop? I'm done. Babe, I think about, like, all the shit that's going on with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Do you think we're still married? Because we're damaged goods and nobody else wants us. I, I know. Right? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, we're going to be spending our 10-year anniversary with uh, Griff. Yeah. There's your shout-out, Griff. Yo. Mm-hmm. We're coming over. You better have fucking booze. <laughs> Griff will. <laughs> so. Yeah, she will. Tom will. Oh. I just hope my fucking anxiety doesn't go all 
wacky. I'll medicate you. Don't worry. We're going to try, guys. We're going to try. You'll look like, you know, weekend at Bernie's. I'll just tie a string to your arm and <laughs> right. when the guys walk in, you can just wave. <laughs> They'll be fine. Yeah. So. All right. No big deal. How about we get the shindig started? Okay. So, um, trigger warning, child murder, yeah. child rape. Yep. Um, this one got me. I got this. I, I tried to get through this one as quickly it's, as I possibly it, it, could. It's a rough one. Um, it's it's a very rough yeah. one. So I try. I actually did it in what three days? Yeah. So all right, let me move my phone because work is texting me. That's what it is. All right, I'm texting Leah to make sure and okay. see what time she's coming home. On the floor. Okay. So are you ready? Do you want me to wait? Yeah. Okay. No, go right ahead. Okay. So um. A false confession is an admission plus a post-admission narrative, a detailed description of how and why the crime occurred, of a crime that the confessor did not commit. Yes, these mic stands are phenomenal. Told you. <laughs> Told you. Okay. Boom. And there, 10 bucks, too. I know. Fucking A right. Amazon, that's yep. what's up, dude. Um, there are three types of false confessions. Did you know that? Um, Don't ask me a question okay. yet until I'm done. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll skip right yeah. So there's three types of false confessions, uh, voluntary, compliant, and persuaded. And there's three separate sequential processes that are responsible for the elicitation of those type of false confessions. Um, I found this really interesting because they do, they call it false confession phenomenon because people cannot understand how if you did not commit this horrific crime, how are you confessing to it? So what was your question There's to th- me? three types of false confessions. Did you know that? No. It's, it's categorized as voluntary, compliant, and persuaded. And then the three ways that... The, uh, that I would have said two if you asked me. Voluntary and then persuaded. persuaded. Yeah. So... What's the third one? Voluntary, compliant, and persuaded. Compliant. So, and then there's three sequ- sequential processes that are responsible for the elicitation of false confessions. Okay. That's misclassification, coercion, and contamination. Okay. So coerced, compliant confessions, which you said you wouldn't have done compliant, those right. are actually the most common type of false confession, and they fall under uh, persuaded category. Mm. These confessions are the result of course of interrogation techniques used by the police. Suspects may be interviewed for hours on end, sometimes without a lawyer or family member present, even when the suspect is innocent. This creates stress and eventually leads to mental exhaustion. Sometimes police officers, uh, or excuse me, sometimes police offer, what the fuck word is that? I don't know, enticements, we'll say, to suspects, telling them they'll be treated more leniently if they confess, Mm -hmm. material rewards such as coffee or, you know, the end of the interrogation are used to the same effect. Suspects may be told that they will feel better by confessing, thereby getting the truth out in the open. After enduring this pressure, often for hours on end, vulnerable suspects may confess just to bring the process to an end. Yeah. Which... It happens. Oh, it happens. Look at West Memphis 3. Yep. It, it happens, happens a lot. You know? So, there's a reason I put all that in there. Uh, Wilmington, Illinois is just south of Juliet, 50 miles southwest of Chicago. It's 4.2 square miles, occupy a r- rural, r- rural, rural, can't say that word, rural stretch 
uh, of Route 53 among vast cornfields and high grass prairies down the Kankakee River. I think it's built up a little bit. It has. So this article was from that that I got that from was from yeah. like 04. And w- what year did this happen? 04. 04? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a faded tower that says, quote, Wilmington Wildcats looks over Main Street and practically screams Midwestern America. There's a bowling alley, a post office, and a small movie house. As often as not, the town's dozen full-time police officers are seen more as neighbors, friends, and former classmates rather than authority figures. The Fox family had been in Wilmington for generations. Kevin's older brother, Chad, dreamed of leaving for the big city, but Kevin couldn't imagine living anywhere else. This is where he met Melissa Rossi. What, what is, where, that Rossi sounds familiar. Rossi? Yeah. Doesn't sound familiar to me at all. Like from a movie, maybe. Rossi? Mm-hmm. No, I have no clue. I don't know. I can't wait to do a live show, guys, because the way he looks at me sometimes. Like you're an idiot? He's looking at me like I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Rossi. <what? laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. So the Rossi family moved to Wilmington when Melissa was in the third grade. Her father, who was an avid fisherman, learned that he had cancer and decided he wanted to live out the rest of his days in a peaceful place by the river. There you go. Amazing. What else do you do? So the first time that the two saw each other was in high school at a volleyball game. Melissa could tell that Kevin was very shy, so she made the first move and asked him to homecoming. The relationship evolved quickly, and before long, Melissa was pregnant. Mm. She was 18, and he mm. was 20, and he had just started at Illinois State University. Mm. Um, he freaked the fuck out, obviously, mm. and they actually broke up for a little bit. But oh. then he got his shit together. Um, mm. He knew he was meant to be with Melissa, and he knew he needed to take responsibility for his child. So we quit school and the two moved in together. Oh, wow. Um, Shortly after that, their son Tyler was born. Hmm. Kevin took to fatherhood in a way that surprised even his closest family. His mother Dawn said, quote, He is an amazing dad. I'll I'll tell you that. He changed more diapers and fed and bathed more kids way more than the average father. Childhood will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Babies will fuck you up. I mean, it... (laughs) <laughs> did it to me. Yeah, baby's all. I wasn't yeah. that great at changing diapers, but like I, I never thought. Yeah. I, you know, I never thought like I would have kids and. No. I didn't. Through my life, no. Yeah. You know. Now you're teaching them how to tie their shoes. Mm-hmm. So Which he success, successfully did. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um. So Kevin found work as a union painter, and Melissa was a waitress. Three years later, in the year 2000, the two were married. A year after that, on March excuse me, 31st of 2001, Riley was born. She was an apple-cheeked little girl with a pile of light brown hair who loved Dora the Explorer and adored her father. Kevin's dad, Kurt, would later say, quote, They did everything together. If you saw one, generally the other was right behind. At her Uncle Chad's wedding in May 2004, Riley walked down the aisle in a dress that she picked out herself. Instead of going to her mom at the end of the aisle like she was supposed to, she ran up to her daddy who was at the altar acting as best man. Melissa and Kevin were doting parents who rarely let Tyler and Riley out of their sights. 
Jesus Christ, my phone is going off. Um, Yours? Yeah. It's like emails and shit. Is that all right? It's, it's my computer. To, it, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> By the way, Leah's on her way. She's going to text me when she gets in. Okay. And then we'll just pause so yeah. we don't hear the huge... Her? Yeah, in the dog. So... Um. Okay, so the Tell we- people I work to fuck off. Well, I can't. Don't say that on this. People listen. Well, I'm, it's your day off. <laughs> um, Jeez, you need some time to yourself. <clears throat> so the weekend of June... Sorry, work people. June 5th and 6th, 2004, Melissa left Wilmington to participate in a breast cancer walk in Chicago. It was one of the first nights that she'd actually spent away from the kids. That Saturday night... Excuse me, Kevin dropped off Tyler and Riley with Melissa's mom, Sandy. And then he drove to Chicago to meet Melissa, one of her brothers, and a friend for a concert. That Uh, was loud. It's it's my paperclip, sorry. It's my smiley face paperclip. After the concert, Kevin picked up the kids and they got home around 1 a.m. Everyone was exhausted, so instead of making up their beds, Kevin laid the kids in the living room to sleep. Riley was on the couch and Tyler was on a chair with a footstool. He locked the front door and went to his room. He watched some TV, had a snack, turned on the fan, and went to bed at about 2.30 a.m. The plan the next day was for them to drive to Chicago to see Melissa cross the finish line. Yeah. Um, A little before 8 a.m., Tyler woke up Kevin and said, quote, Riley's gone. I think your markers just got delivered. Oh, yay. (laughs) I can color today. Um, So Kevin really tried not to panic. Um, Riley had one time walked out of the house and went to to the neighbor's house. She's three, you know. It happens. So he got up to search the house, and the first thing he noticed was that the front door and the screen door were slightly open. Mm. He immediately ran next door to the neighbor's and Riley's best friend's house, but there was no sign of her. Not wanting to raise alarm prematurely, he called the non-emergency line to the Wilmington police. Do police stations, do, like, do they still have non-emergency lines? Yeah, or? and it usually goes to a clerk. Yeah. Mm. So, or, or just a dispatcher. Yeah. But like, there's a separate line that's for yeah. non-emergency. So despite the fact the Wilmington police told him he was right not to panic, saying, quote, in a lot of cases, a child wanders off and they can't find them at first. Yeah. Kevin's decision to call the non-emergency line would be heavily questioned later on. However, word spread quickly, and within an hour, practically the entire town had shown up to search for Riley, who was wearing a white t-shirt with a pink flamingo on it and pink capri pants. Uh, Melissa, at this point, she doesn't know yet. So she's, I mean, she's in the city. Yeah. So she called Kevin to arrange their meeting at the finish line. And she recalls, you know, him calling. She said, quote, he was crying. He said, I can't find Riley. And I said, what are you talking about? Within minutes, her and her friend are flying down fucking 55 trying to get home. The closer she got to Wilmington, the more of a chill she got. Quote, for some reason, I had this terrible feeling that I was never going to see her again. As Melissa was coming home, hundreds of people from the town were searching through brush and wooded areas. Local stores were supplying food and drinks, and now it hit the news somehow. Really? Um, yeah, like quickly, within like two hours. Damn. Which, I mean, not to be a dick, but like, was it a slow news day? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm not, in, I'm not trying to be a... In a small town, too. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not trying to be a douche, but like, 
I mean, the amount of like shootings that we have by work that don't make the news. Yeah. I, I was shocked when I found out that within two hours, yeah. two or three hours of her being missing, the, yeah, the news weird. trucks were out there. That's odd around here. So I don't know if somebody called them and yeah. were like, hey, come out here. I don't know. But it, I thought it was weird that yeah. they were that soon. So by the afternoon, more than 500 people were searching the area on foot, horseback, bikes, and ATVs. Where's the first place you should search? Under beds. Yeah, your house. Yeah, under beds and in closets. Yep, exactly That's right. It's a fireman thing, too. Yeah. Because kids go where they think they're yep. safe, and when they're in trouble or something like that, and they, they go into their they bed or in the hiding. closet. Yep. yep. Um, <clears throat> so at one point... Chad received a phone call from a friend of his who was at a Cubs game who said that on the scoreboard, they flashed an Amber Alert for Riley. Oh, wow. So they did an Amber Alert within hours, which is wow amazing because it's hard to get a fucking Amber Alert. Yeah, it, it is. It really is hard oh, to, to get an Amber Alert. to meet alert. the criteria? Yeah, Oh, it it's insane. And sometimes, you know, you get your Amber Alert, but it's not for 16, 17 fucking hours. Yep. Yep. So the Amber Alert came out quick. Um, at around 3 p.m., police sped away from the search area, which obviously scared the shit out of Kevin and Melissa, who were praying it wasn't as ominous as it looked. About a mile away, a mother and daughter decided to search Forsyth Woods. <clears throat> Forsyth Woods is a dense, sprawling forest preserve cut by... I don't know what I'm trying to write. Cut by a forked creek... A tributary of the Kankakee River. Do you know what? The, do you remember what that means? No. It's like a little like stream that comes off the, the river. <clears throat> oh. You were never taught that? No. Well, I probably schools were was, like, we don't care about fucking rivers. No, I probably was, but I don't. It remember. was like third grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> a woman and her daughter were out searching the woods, and the woman had just gotten to the edge of the creek when she saw what she thought was a plastic bag. Mm. Within minutes, a Wilmington crime scene investigator arrived. What the woman thought was a plastic bag was actually Riley's little body in the creek. Ugh. Riley was floating face down in cold, murky, shallow water. Her flamingo shirt was now covered in mud. Her capri pants and underwear were gone. Her mouth was covered with duct tape, and there was adhesive residue on her arms, suggesting that she had been bound but had struggled her way out. Jeez. So... <clears throat> Later on, they guesstimate that she did, she was duct taped. Her hands were duct taped. Yeah. But in the process of being drowned, she was able to get her hands free. And she's how old at, at this age? She's three. Dear Lord. So an autopsy would later reveal that Riley had been brutally sexually assaulted and then drowned. Oh. The medical examiner also noted light bruising to Riley's head. Now, this next part coming up. This is what made me sick to my stomach and why I didn't want to do this. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> multiple rape kits were done to search for any DNA. A preliminary report would indicate there was no foreign DNA on her, with the exception of traces of saliva on and in her vagina. Three miles away, Kevin and Melissa were picked up by a Wilmington police officer and brought back to the police station where the police literally told them fucking nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. And they're friends with these guys. Right. You know? Right. So when they got to the small brick station, Melissa and Kevin were put in several separate rooms. Melissa was quoted as saying, they made me sit in a room for 45 minutes and I kept saying, what's going on? Why can't I see my husband? 
They were finally brought out to the waiting room where Kurt, Dawn, Chad, and Stacy were waiting for them. Melissa knew that whatever news they had for her and Kevin was not going to be good based on the look of their faces. And the detectives, uh, she said, quote, just stared at us. Mm. This part I was pissed off about, too. So Melissa's like, where is she? Because, again, the police have told them nothing. Yeah. Kevin's dad, Kurt, answered in a broken voice. They found her at Forsyth Woods. She didn't make it. The detectives didn't even tell them. Yeah, that's... They sat there for over an hour, and the detectives didn't tell them. Mm. Kevin ends up obviously going batshit crazy, excuse me, and starts yelling at one of the detectives, who's a friend of his. and was like, how'd you fucking let me sit here for the last hour and not tell me that this is what fucking happened? Uh, I wonder if they were observing their... Well, that's my, yeah, my next thing. You know, Um, the first... Two people you're going right. to look at is the parents. So, so, obviously, they were super upset and pissed the detectives didn't tell him. Um, however, the couple would later say the police, quote, were just completely overwhelmed by the fact that there was a murder in Wilmington and they had no idea what to do. Or they were watching to see how we'd react. Yep. Uh, none of that would matter, though, with the Wilmington police because... Very shortly after um, they were told that Riley was found dead, uh, the Will County Sheriff's Department took over the case because she was found in a forest preserve. So now it's county. Um, Five days after the horrific murder, Riley's viewing was held at St. Rose Catholic Church in Wilmington. It's the largest church in the town. Riley was laid to rest in a polished white casket with stainless steel handles, wearing the princess dress she picked out to wear at her uncle's wedding. More than 6,000 people attended the wake. That's a thousand more people than the entire town of Wilmington. Oh, wow. Hundreds more attended the funeral the next day. Many were wearing pink ties and ribbons along with butterfly pins. There was, oh, and this one. There was a slideshow collage, because you know how they do those. Yeah. I I got goosebumps. Set to the songs of My Girl and Angel with Sarah McLaughlin. Wow. Fucking Sarah McLaughlin, man. Yeah, that'll do it. Reverend Mark Stratham, who was actually from their church, um, came in and did the services. He quoted Mark ten fourteen quote, Let the little, little children come to me, for it is to such as these the kingdom of God belongs. Among the mourners were two Will County detectives with cameras trained on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Obviously, looking yep. to see. Uh, in the weeks following the murder... Uh, Melissa, Kevin, and Tyler moved into Kevin's parents' house. They couldn't go back in the house. I don't fucking blame them. I don't blame them either. I wouldn't either. So the investigators, they said, were supportive, um, even friendly at this point. Yeah. Including, or especially Scott Swearigan. I think that's how you say his last name. He was at the house a lot. Um, He would have coffee with them. He would play catch with Tyler. Like, he was just, he was building a rapport with them. Right. Obviously. That's how... We see it. Yeah. Um, so Will County State's Attorney Jeffrey Tamsack, because it wasn't Glasgow yet, mm-hmm. kept a close eye on the investigation from his Joliet office. If any charges were to be filed, it would be by him. 44-year-old Tamsack learned, uh, earned his law degree in Chicago, but lived in Will County with his wife and two children. Uh, his wife is actually a Will County judge. Oh, wow. The Republican had failed... Uh, had a failed run for Congress in 1994, 
but beat out Democratic or Democrat James Glasgow in the race for Will County State's Attorney. Mm. So a little interesting fact. Uh, James Glasgow in 94 was State's Attorney, was Will County State's Attorney. Yeah. He was beat by Jeff Tomczak for mm. one term. Wow. That's it. And then... Then in the to, middle of this is yeah. the election. And then he, Glasgow... Glasgow wins. Wins. Wow. So he was booted out for one, one singular uh, term. That's crazy. Um, <clears throat> And nobody, like, some people are like, it's because of this case. It's because of the way he handled the case. But I, I don't think there was enough time yeah. with the election to make the case matter yeah. kind of thing. But... um. So everything about the two men seemed to be at odds. They were clashing about almost everything from elections to court cases to ethical conduct. Even their appearances. Glasgow, I want to punch in the face because of his hair. It bothers me. So Tom Zach was bulky. Bulky. You think he was more than 140 pounds? Uh, with thinning hair. And Glasgow was trim with a silver blow-dried pompadour. Oh, yeah. His hair doesn't move. Oh, no. I no. fucking hate it. Yeah. I want to punch him in his face and hope it's like a hair piece that falls off when I punch him. That'd be great. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Just... <laughs> um, so in 2004, the summer of Riley's murder, the two men were again in a tight race for state's attorney. Yep. Uh, the politics and the race meant absolutely dick to Kevin and Melissa. Right. Uh, the summer completely dragged on and so did the investigation. Kevin said, quote, we felt we could never get an answer on the progress of the case. We'd ask, but they'd always say something like, we can't really discuss it, Kevin says. Mm. You can't discuss it? No. Is, I mean, is that a thing? You can't tell the fucking parents? Uh, yeah. I mean, depends on what information. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I mean, especially if you're, lo- you know, if you're looking at them. And here's the thing. You, like, You don't want them to know. I know how your guys, for the most part, how your guys' procedures work. By your guys', I mean police procedures work in regards to to questioning and, and all that yeah. shit. But I know that as a logical person, but as a parent... It sucks. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would be sitting in your waiting room every it's, day. It sucks, but it's got to be done. I, and I know, and that's the thing. Like, I know that. Logistically speaking, I, I know that. But as a mom, oh, my God. Yeah. I'd be sitting in your fucking waiting room doing crossword puzzles. Well, I mean, that's why. It's, give them bullshit sometimes. Yeah, it's it's coming along. Yeah. We're Something. Yeah, we're looking at a couple different things, but, you know, that's something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, the couple did say, though, that whenever they would start asking questions, it seemed like the detectives turned things around and started questioning them. Uh, so on some level, the couple understood that they would be under suspicion given the circumstances obviously yeah um in the death of a child the family is usually the first ones that are looked at i have to adjust my chair this chair blows yeah i know these are kind of uncomfortable um especially because kevin was the last one to see riley alive yeah they believe they were cooperating in every way possible they provided dna samples consented to searches and answered every question that they were asked In late June, Kevin and Melissa consented to letting investigators question and interview Tyler. Um, That sun is right in my eyeball. I'm sorry. They believed, um, they they truly believed he could be crucial in helping them find Riley's abductor because he was in the same room. Mm -hmm. Uh, A forensic interviewer named Mary Jean Pluth, I believe, 
who worked for Will County's Children's Advocacy Center, would conduct the videotaped interview. Her manner seemed to be that of a strict school teacher. She started by asking basic questions like where he lived, what sports he liked. Tyler was very shy. He did not normally talk to people outside of his little bubble. So this was hard for him. Um, It also seemed very quickly the questions turned to Kevin and what he did or didn't do that night. So there was no questions about any other possibility really but Kevin. Right. So this poor little kid is shoved in a room with this Mm. fucking lady he doesn't know. And they're asking him, well, what did your dad do to your sister? Yeah. The kid's six. He's fucking six. Yeah. You know? But it's it's tough, too. I mean. Yeah. But. He, he's the last one, so. Well, and how conclusive of interviews are you going to, I mean, how conclusive are the answers going to be with a six-year-old? Right. So. Yeah. You could totally tell I started falling asleep. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It's terrible. Um, So she repeatedly was asking the same questions in rapid succession. Yeah. Did he leave the house? Tyler started shaking his head no several times. What did he do when he left? He he just fucking told you he didn't leave the house. So then she says. So hard when they're so, so young like that. What did he do when he left? Did he take Riley somewhere? Tyler repeatedly shook his head no. And she says again, where did he take Riley? You can tell me. He never Ooh. said he left the house. Right. So. God, a six-year-old's attention span is uh, is not like that. No. You, you can't. Uh. On top of the fact, the child, he was sleeping. He's yeah. fucking, he never woke up through this entire ordeal. So how are, how are you, uh, how are you expecting him to give you actual answers yeah. when he never woke up through the whole thing? Right. So, um, at this point, he starts weeping. Uh, his shoulders and his chest are shaking, and he pulls his sweatshirt over his head, and he asks for mommy and daddy. Perth didn't give a shit, and she kept hammering him with questions. Uh, after an hour more of this. An hour an more? An hour more. With a six-year-old. With a six-year-old. Dude, my forensic interviews with kids that age, 10 minutes. Easily. 15 minutes. Easily. N- not even. My, an, my an attention span more? doesn't last an hour. The, dude, what is this lady's title? She's a forensic interviewer. interviewer. Out of Will County? Yeah, the Will County Advocacy Group. Well... Wow. If she's listening, I, I hope you do better now. Yeah. That's, I hope you learned from this. Yeah. Because first of all, shit job. you put fucking words in his mouth. Yeah. You, he, you let you, him speak. Right, you asked him if dad left and he tells you no. And then your next question to him is, well, what did you do? Where did he go when he left? I just fucking told you right. he didn't leave. Dude, what the fuck? So after an entire hour more... <laughs> Tyler finally curls himself into the fetal position, his face blotchy with tears, and he can't catch his breath. Jesus Christ. She throws tissues at the boy, who shakes his head no one last time. Okay, at this point, now if you're listening, I hope you're fired. Yeah. Fuck you. Terrible. Yeah. The kid's traumatized enough. He's traumatized. And this is what you do to him. Yep. So... 
By the end of the interview, uh, Tyler had answered no. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Approximately 178 times. That's, wow. (laughs) What the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's all I could say to that. On the matters related to the case, he had answered in error 13 times. So he had given 13 inconsistent answers. He could not give the same answer twice. Right. Uh, The lead detective, Edward Hayes, was watching through a two-way mirror. Now, Edward Hayes is a twat face. We will learn this. Mm. Uh, Later that afternoon, Detective Michael Gilfoyle, I think, took Tyler back home in an attempt to interview him unrecorded. Oh, dude. What are you doing? Um, Like, I, I get this is... You know, a high priority case, it's a child involved, but what are you doing? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Like, he's six. Yeah. He's a baby. He's a fucking child. He's a baby who already dealt with all of this and was taken to the interview without his parents. And that's all he wants is his parents. Right. So... um, God, shame on these people. Supposedly, the questions from him... This Michael Guilfoyle, uh, they became much more specific and descriptive, going as far as saying that his father took Riley somewhere. Hmm. So they were like coaching him, yeah, essentially. Of course. Um, when asked again, he said he wasn't sure. And then he said, uh, Tyler claimed Kevin stood in the kitchen using the clothes dryer. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, a water usage report from that night shows that the washing machine was never run. Really? So maybe he was just standing at the dryer. So the detective also... Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Put in his report that Tyler said things that contradicted well-known facts, um, such as Riley not changing into pajamas. So, like, they knew she didn't change into pajamas, but Tyler yeah. said she did. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, like, right. at this point, he's just answering fucking questions to, to answer whatever. questions. Right. Yeah. So, um, Kevin and Melissa were actually not told of any of Tyler's interrogations until several months later uh, during Kevin's interrogation. So, mm. they didn't know what Tyler had said. Um, Guilfoyle's report of this also wasn't discovered until after Kevin's arrest seven months later. Mm. So what, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you holding on to this? Yeah. Cause the kid didn't give you the fucking answers that you wanted. Yeah. So you just hide it, hide your fucking report. Oh, after the forensic is done, you can tell the parents. Right. They didn't, they, they didn't do it. They waited. And then when they interrogated Kevin, they, they brought it out almost to use against him. Wow. So... 
Uh, Kevin's attorney, Kathleen Zellner. Now, Kathleen Zellner started off... Uh, when did Kevin get an attorney? Okay, so... Um, did I miss something here? Wait, maybe I missed something. Yeah, because I feel like... So, okay. Um, so when they started, you know, right after it happened... Yeah. His brother, Chad, worked in Naperville. Okay. And he worked across the hall from an attorney's office. Oh, And okay. this attorney was Kathleen Zellner, who... Maybe I did miss it. Maybe I just didn't put it in order. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I did with it. But she was following the case with the news and everything yeah. like that. And then she would talk to Chad. And eventually she was just like, listen, like, I'm, I'm going to go represent him. Oh, so okay. she has since become quite famous, actually. Yeah. Um, I should have looked up the name and I forgot. Um, the Making making a Murderer. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Steve? Avery. Avery. Thank yeah. you. She's now his attorney. Oh, really? Yes. And her big thing is reenactments of the crime. Yeah. She does real life reenactments of the crimes to see if it could actually happen. Yeah. So that's her big thing. And that's what she's doing with Avery. So, um, let me flip. So his attorney asked for the handwritten notes. Stop picking. I know. I'm sorry. Um, of the summarization that was taken from and was told by Will, Will County authorities that they were gone. They weren't gone, clearly, because they come back in trial. Right. So, unbeknownst to Kevin and Melissa, the police were pursuing another lead pointing to the couple. They owned a dark blue Ford Escape, and a tip came in and said the cameras caught saying cameras caught a car that appeared to be the Foxes at the mobile station at around 4 a.m. the morning of Riley's murder. Yeah. If it was their car, Kevin's alibi of being home sleeping would be shot to shit and the car would be placed along the route to Forsyth Woods from his house. Yeah. But Zellner fought it, saying the video wasn't clear enough so it would not be admissible, but it would be used in Kevin's interrogation. So they weren't, they were basically, they couldn't bring it into court, but they could yeah. throw it in Kevin's fucking face. Yeah, of so, course. Um, people around Wilmington were getting pissed at the Foxes, actually. Really? Because there's fundraisers and, and everything like that. Yeah. Um, they felt that they were using money donated to the Riley Fund yeah. for extravagant, extravagant, remember that word, yeah. extravagant vacations and luxury purchases. Ooh. Melissa was seen getting uh, a, quote, fancy haircut at the mall. Ooh. Therefore, a perm? Yeah. Their Ford Escape was traded in. There were supposed vacations to Vegas and the Ozarks. Are Those are extravagant? The Ozarks is extravagant. Well, I mean, I could see Vegas, but um, Ozarks, yeah, I mean, that's... Extravagant? Oh. They didn't go to fucking Paris. They yeah, went to Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. They went, to, <laughs> they went to fucking Missouri, okay? Um, so and They went to Vegas, maybe Caesar's Palace. Now, listen, though. Uh, does Caesar really... Did he live here? <laughs> Do you get a beeper signal in here? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my, and the second one, you could have paged me. <laughs> I, love I should say that to you. You could have paged me. You could have paged me. Um, Amy Jacobson from Channel 5. Yeah. No her? Yep. Yeah. She fueled the fucking fire. Uh, she had an interview with a, quote, source who remained anonymous, but... Quote, reported all the rumors were true. Oh, God. Now, today, 
Amy Jacobson says that she feels absolutely awful and regrets doing the report, but was told to by her station because the rumors couldn't be ignored. (laughs) Yeah, by an anonymous source. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So the next day, a local paper called the Free Press Advocate completely contradicted Jacobson's interview. They were Mm. like, fuck you. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Melissa traded in the car because she couldn't bear the memories of Riley yeah, being driven around in it. makes sense. She didn't get anything fancy. She bought a used fucking vehicle. Okay. Uh, the Vegas trip was for a wedding that had been planned and paid for months before Riley's murder. Oh. Uh, the Ozark trip was for another wedding. The Fox family had also suggested putting up a reward, but the police told them it was unnecessary. That's because they thought they knew who fucking did it. Yep. So, whatever. Uh, The family was devastated not only by the news report, but the rumors going on around town. Chad realized um, that Kevin, at this point, was most likely the only uh, suspect. So, uh, Chad was a stockbroker. That's where I wrote it. Um, So, at this point, he's saying he... Chad, the brother, is saying he feels helpless and frustrated. Um... And Kevin kind of fought getting an attorney. He didn't really want an attorney because he kept saying, the DNA, the DNA will clear me. Yeah. Honey. Get an attorney. Honey. Honey. Get an attorney. Before you breathe, get I want to talk to my fucking attorney. Yep. Before you do anything. Yep. So now, at this point, uh, the Will County State's Attorney spokesperson, his name's Pat something, I forgot to write it down. Uh, In October of 2004, Kevin was the prime suspect. And he said, quote, everything that detectives had was still pointing to this guy. There was nothing to eliminate him. Mm. And my notes say, but what the fuck was there to point at him? (laughs) Yeah. What was there to point at him? Because he was in the house? Right. That's it. That's all they have. They've literally nothing else. There's no DNA on this child. Yeah, that's true. So... Um, now, so they have the saliva. Yeah. It's supposed to be getting tested, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, keep that in mind. Uh, Z- Kathleen Zellner said that exculpatory evidence was in the, quote, so-called rape kits with material from Riley. Initial testing by the state crime lab had inconclusive findings on the saliva uh, on, found on her vagina. They said there wasn't enough to test. Because of this, it was sent to the FBI lab in Quantico, Virginia. However, they had a nine-month backlog. Yeah. Uh, While while all this was happening, Tomzak and Glasgow were neck deep in the race for state's attorney. A break in the case could possibly tip the scales in the race. For Tomzak, it could be a welcome diversion uh, from his father, Donald Tomzak, being arrested on October 21st on federal indictments in (laughs) the hired truck scandal. I remember hearing about that. Uh, Um, It includes allegations that he had made illegal contributions to his son's campaign. Oh, God. Go figure. Stellar family. Fucking politicians, dude. Uh, so Glasgow jumped all over this shit saying, awesome, his opponent would be soft on crime then because his dad's a fucking criminal. Um, October 22nd, the Chicago Tribune backed Glasgow saying, quote, he didn't carry the burden of doubts about the ethical conduct of his campaign. Okay. October 25th, the four detectives working on the murder, Scott Swerigan, John Rudiger, 
Michael Guilfoyle and Edward Hayes, a.k.a. Twadface, had a meeting at the Will County State's Attorney Office to discuss bringing Kevin in to be interrogated. Pat Berry, who is the spokesperson, I told you I wrote his name down, insists Tomzak knew nothing of the meeting and no matter the timing, which was a little more than a week until the election, politics had nothing to do with the meeting. You're full of shit. Yeah. You wanted fucking charges filed <clears throat> before the goddamn election. Oh, yeah. Um, Zellner called bullshit and she said, quote, for a state's attorney not to know of such a meeting of his detectives in such a high profile case would be completely unheard of. Yeah. Uh, Fox's eventual lawsuit, so Kevin's eventual lawsuit, would allege that the meeting was conducted with Tom Zach's support and consent. Clearly, mm. he needs votes. Yeah. Uh, to prepare for a possible interrogation, the detectives contacted several polygraph experts, including Fred, Fred Hunter, who uh, is based out of Hinsdale. He's an examiner with more than 30,000 tests under his belt. So, wow. fuck yeah. Uh, none of them were available. No. Awesome. Uh, so, they settled for, um, where's his name? Uh, so they ended up settling for a man named Richard C. Williams, who was a Cook County detective and had conducted approximately 90 tests. Mm. Cool. So Fred Hunter, the big head honcho guy, would later say that he would have refused to do the test anyways after Fox's lengthy and confrontational interrogation. Oh, wow. Hmm. Interesting. October 26th, Swernigan called Kevin to say that there was news about the case and the Foxes should come to the station that night. Although the timing was less than ideal, Kevin had been at work since 4.30 a.m., but said, quote, we had waited so long, months. This was our daughter, our little girl. We wanted to know if they found out what happened. Yeah. That breaks my fucking heart. Yeah. Because you know what he's walking into, and he yeah. fucking doesn't. Yeah. So Kevin told his parents and his brother, Chad, who was immediately weary, and said, quote, something didn't feel right. I told my mom that they should not answer any questions, and if it became clear that there was no new information, they should leave immediately. The couple walked in hand-in-hand into the sheriff's department at approximately 7.30 p.m. Kevin says, quote, We felt like we were finally going to find out what happened. We put all of our faith in them. We thought, this is the night. They met him at the door uh, by Swergen who separated the two of them because uh, he said they just needed to ask a few questions before they told them what they came to hear. Melissa was put in a conference room and Kevin was taken to another part of the building. Kevin was put in a small cramped room with a low ceiling and a small two-way mirror about the size of a cereal box. He sat in the corner surrounded by the detectives, including Ed Hayes, who were essentially just staring at him like I'm staring at you right now. Um... After a couple of easy routine questions, they started digging, politely. Um, Some of the questions were, why would Kevin call the non-emergency line instead of 911 the morning of Riley's disappearance? Uh, Why would your police officers tell them on a recorded fucking line that he did the right thing by not panicking right away? Let's not talk about that. Um, Why did Tyler say Kevin had walked out during the night with Riley? He didn't. Right. Uh, did he know his vehicle had been spotted passing the mobile at four in the morning? Kevin told detectives that he didn't want to panic prematurely. That's why he called the non-emergency line. Yeah. And Tyler could have possibly seen him go outside to have a cigarette because mm-hmm. he smoked. He didn't smoke in the house. Right. This was the first time Kevin heard that Tyler had said anything. 
Um, he also had no idea about his supposed car being seen. This was the first time he'd heard of that, too. Mm-hmm. After pressing Kevin about the car, Kevin sarcastically said that someone must have snuck in, grabbed the keys, drove it around, and then returned it. The police, however, didn't get his sarcasm and later portrayed this statement as an attempt to provide a possible alibi. Uh, per Kevin Swergen's swear, tone, Swergen's uh, <laughs> cocaine, cocaine. Uh, abruptly changed and he started yelling that Kevin knew more than what he was saying and the, the detectives thought that he had something to do about it. Yeah. Do with it. Uh, after about three hours alone, Melissa is pissed, and now she just starts beating the shit out of the fucking door. She just starts kicking it to get yeah. somebody to come in there. Right. So Swearigan appeared a few minutes later and led Melissa into an adjoining room. He said, quote, there are some red flags that are making us look at Kevin. He tells Melissa about the tape of the car and Tyler's statement. And then he laid out a, quote, accident plan the detectives had decided happened to Riley. Now let me tell you about what? this accident plan. Okay. This was completely fabricated by the detectives and yeah. spoon-fed to Kevin. Okay. Let so, <clears throat> per Melissa's account, Swergen said that her... Swergen. That he suspected Kevin had bumped Riley's head, perhaps on the bathroom door, and panicked when she appeared dead. Okay. It gets worse. Kevin then applied the duct tape and committed the sexual assault to make it look as if the little girl had been kidnapped. Hmm. What? Great theory. They said that the sexual assault that he supposedly committed on Riley was sticking a finger in her vagina. What? Where'd the spit come yeah. from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my note says, where in the holy motherfuck did this come from? Yeah. It, it's like literally made up. You guys made this fucking yeah, shit up. I mean, which they could. They but can't. It's, it's, but bad yeah it's not a good story it's not a good story it's not a good story at all so poor melissa at this point was like what the fuck yeah like kevin's cpr certified if it would have been an accident he would have tried to resuscitate her right you know um as for the sexual abuse she said that there was absolutely no fucking way right but then said quote and yet i'm sitting here thinking there's videotape of the car and wondering why they would lie to me For a brief moment, quote, they were making me question myself. I hated that, but I had no idea what to believe. At this time, Melissa's brother and Kevin's father had gotten to the jail. Uh, Chad was on the phone with Kurt, trying desperately to get the couple to leave. According to the sheriff's summary, Kurt Fox told detectives he wanted them to stop questioning his son. And Swernigan said, Kevin is 27 years old and he came to the investigation office voluntarily. Kevin claims he repeatedly asked for an attorney and his father and was told, you're 27 years old, you don't need your father. And the request to see his attorney was repeatedly either ignored or denied. Dude. What the fuck? Man. Great job, Will County. What is with some of these fucking cops? Oh, my God. So by midnight, all pretense of friendliness was gone. They repeatedly said to him... We know you killed her. Just fucking tell us, pretty much. Yeah. So then they said the only way for Kevin to dissuade them would be to take a polygraph. And at this Ooh. point in the game, we all know how I feel about polygraphs. Yeah. So. How we both feel. Yeah. Um, October 27th at 12.20 a.m., Richard Williams arrived to administer the test. 
He told Kevin flat out, if you pass, you'll be clear. If you fail, we're going to charge you with murder. (laughs) (laughs) No in between. Yeah, already then. Yeah, nothing. No in between. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, I'm parched. Goop, 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 goop. And I hit the microphone. Uh, The exam began a little before 1 a.m. and lasted approximately one hour. William Williams told Kevin, um, you failed. He said, quote, you did it. It's all right to say that you did it. Wow. Later, Fox's legal team said the results were at best unreliable. Melissa was told he failed, but she demanded to see the results. Not that she yeah. knew what she would be looking at. I don't right. think, but good for right. her. Like, show me, yeah. fuck face. So <clears throat> they showed her a computer screen explaining nothing that was on the screen other than saying, quote, See all that red? That's failed. What? Mm-hmm. Where's red come in? I thought it was jumpy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> jumpy lights. I, I, well, I, I can't see anything. I, right, I, I don't haven't, know. I haven't um, seen, you know, an end result of a polygraph test. So Melissa and Kevin were then put in a room together, and she knew something wasn't right. She then said, quote, Ed Hayes got right in my face. He yelled, your fucking husband killed your fucking daughter and he doesn't love you or her. Wow. Melissa started shaking and crying and told them to stop talking about her husband and her family. From that moment on, she said she never doubted Kevin. Quote, they thought they had me convinced and when I reached out to Kevin and said, I believe you, I think they got pissed off. Through his attorney, through his attorney. Yeah. Ed Hayes would later deny any allegations of impropriety. The sheriff's report portrays Melissa as expressing doubts about her husband's innocence. Yeah, I believe the sheriff's report about as much as I believe I'm the fucking tooth fairy. (laughs) So, Kevin was then taken back into the interrogation room to resume questioning. So now they're all in there again. All four of them. They're banging fucking handcuffs on the table. Like, just being general dicks. Right. And filling out the arrest sheet for Kevin right in front of him. Hayes at one point says, quote, you don't have much time. If I finish finish this sheet, you are being charged with first degree murder with 30 years to live. Yeah, I mean, they are being dicks doing that, but they're also trying to get him to react. Right. So, I mean, I've done stuff like that before, too. So, yeah. To a regular person, it's a dick move. Yeah. But like, but I get it. The, that's I, I a get police it. move. I get it. Um, <clears throat> Hayes then told Kevin that he, quote, knew people at the jail and, quote, would make sure that Kevin was fucked every day unless he told them what they wanted to hear. Oh, ouch. R- yeah. That one maybe crossed the line. Yeah. Rudiger. Then straddled Kevin and shoved his balls into Kevin's knees and said, quote, your family doesn't love you, so just say you fucking did it. What? Mm-hmm. What's with the balls and the knees? I don't know. <laughs> what the What do your fuck? balls have to do? Why? Yeah. Why are you fucking straddling him? I, right? <laughs> I, what? <sighs> Why are the balls on the knees? <laughs> understand any of that uh, i don't either like none of dude, it dude what are you doing <laughs> Good lord what are you doing um so then and this obviously we know is a police tactic and it's it's a shitty one mm-hmm. they showed him all the pictures of riley yeah um 
they showed him the pictures of Riley um, dead, her mouth still covered in duct tape, nude from the waist down moments after she had been pulled from yeah. the creek. And then Gilfoyle said, quote, Riley is in the room with you right now. She's in pain and needs closure. Mm-hmm. I have goosebumps. Yeah. That one hurt that's, my heart. That's heavy. Sorgan burst into the room with a message from Tomzak who said, quote, hurry back. I can help this kid if he acts now. I can make a deal for him. Of course you can. Right. Mr. I'm up for election. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swergan suggested the same accident scenario to Kevin that he had told Melissa nine hours earlier. So they're still questioning him. Jesus. He said, quote, it's now or never. Say it was an accident. Get your help from the state's attorney so you can go home to your family. If you pass it up, you will spend the rest of your life in prison. If you say it was an accident, it's involuntary manslaughter with a three and a half year sentence. You'll serve half. You'll go home tonight on bond. And did I hear you say they questioned him for nine hours? Oh, I'll get there. What the fuck? Oh, I'll get there. So, promising a suspect leniency to confess is forbidden under Illinois law, and later the detectives would adamantly deny that any of this happened. Since the prelude to the confession wasn't videotaped, Mm -hmm. it was Kevin's word against theirs. The law requiring interrogations to be videotaped would not go into effect for several months. So, technically, they didn't do anything wrong with that. Um, It was now 6 a.m., Kevin had been up for over 24 hours, had had little to eat, and had been interrogated for more than 12 hours. So, at this point, he's exhausted. He's hungry. 12 hours. More than. Dude. More than. And did, are there breaks in between? <clears throat> or is they this... don't really say, except the only break that they actually said they took was when they allowed him to go see Melissa Dude, in the other room. It's that's too much. So... The it's word, way yeah. too fucking much. The word offer was echoing in his head at this point. Um, what? Why is he whining? I don't know. So he kept thinking he knew he was innocent, obviously. But if he could get out on bond, he could straighten this whole thing out. I have to go to my computer now because his, some of his confession. Yeah. I had it up. I promise you I had it up. Sure. Okay. So he thought, obviously, that he would be released. So they decided, now we're going to tape it. (laughs) So a quick overview is uh, at 8.32 a.m., detectives turned on the video camera and began to tape Kevin's statement. According to the sheriff's summary, this is what he said. He came home at approximately 1.30 a.m., ate a snack, watched television, including an adult video. Around 2.15, he went to the bathroom and swung the door open quickly, striking Riley and knocking her down. The girl appeared lifeless, and Kevin thought she was dead. Panicking, he scooped her up and carried her to his car, retrieving some duct tape from the back. According to the summary, Kevin thought of driving to his mother-in-law's house or perhaps taking Riley to the hospital. Instead, he decided to make her death look like an abduction. He duct taped his daughter's mouth and bound her wrists together with tape. He drove over a bridge. He drove to a bridge over Forsyth Creek and then carried the girl down a muddy bank, slipping on the way down. Before putting the girl in the water, he inserted his finger inside her to make it look like she'd been sexually assaulted. 
He then went home, cried for a while, and went to sleep. Interesting. So a, the tape of this confession yeah. has never publicly been released. Really? Ever. Can't find that shit nowhere. Really? Nope. There are videos of his interrogation. Yeah. Very short snippets. Yeah. But him actually confessing to this on video has never been released publicly. Um, Interesting. Zellner obviously saw it as his mm. attorney. She said they were putting words in his mouth. He was vague and halting, answering only yes or no instead of a running narrative. Right. Several questions were left unanswered. Uh, why wouldn't he do CPR? How come they found no duct tape at his house mm-hmm. or in his car? Why weren't his clothes muddy? If yeah. He supposedly fell. Yeah. Why weren't his clothes muddy? And we already know he didn't wash them because mm-hmm. they had the water report from that night. Um, how could a lightweight door kill a child? It was like, uh, not like the doors we have, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, why was there no evidence in the car? How could detectives ignore the fact that Kevin had not provided a single piece of evidence that only the killer would know? Like where her pants were. Yeah. He couldn't answer any of that. Kevin was interrogated for more than 14 hours. Oh, my God. With only 20 minutes of it being taped. Oh, dude. (laughs) I I don't even know where to begin with that. I knew that one would get you. If you're going to do some of it, why not do all of it? Mm -hmm. In Illinois, there's certain crimes that have to be Mm -hmm. recorded. Not all. Right. Just to be on the safe side so there's no dis- like mm-hmm. discrepancies, Lugo and myself would record every interview. Because here's the thing. If, if you know that you're right and this is what actually happened and you have, you have the have right no person, you, have, you would have no yeah. issues fucking recording that. Exactly. None whatsoever. Exactly. You would want to record it. And plus we would hate just handwriting... Fucking Anything. confessions. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to record it. So, but 14 uh, hours. Dude, no. That's too much. And only 20, min of it, 20 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And the only 20 minutes were his that, supposed yeah, confession. That's, that's horseshit. Yeah. So Kevin said that while he was being booked, he could clearly hear the detectives laughing and congratulating each other. Yeah. Kevin was photographed and fingerprint, fingerprinted, excuse me, and brought to the Will County Adult Detention Center. It happened all it all happened so quickly, making sense at the moment. However, <clears throat> when he got to the detention center, he was devastated to learn he would not be bonded out that night and he would not be going home. Yeah. He was also not getting the promised involuntary manslaughter charge, but instead being charged with first degree murder with the possibility of the death penalty. Jesus. He was able to talk to Chad that night through glass after being booked. <clears throat> Kevin said to Chad, quote, I didn't do this. They tricked me. Yeah. Zellner was struck by the unwavering belief in Kevin's innocence by the family, including Melissa. And she felt that that proved that he, you know. Yeah. She also said that <clears throat> the fact that he recanted so quickly. He literally, he got to jail, found out he wasn't getting bonded out and recanted. Mm-hmm. So... Um, shortly after the bond hearing, Tom Zach, uh, and Will County Sheriff Paul Copas, Capus held a press conference outside the Wilmington Police Department. 
Excuse me. Capus acknowledged that they had no new evidence when they called Kevin in, like they said that they did. Yeah. They were going on a, quote, gut feeling. They rolled bones in the hope that they could elicit a confession. The people of Wilmington were divided at this point. Um, yeah. Many believed he was innocent, but just as many believed his guilt. Right, right. I'm almost done. Uh, <clears throat> Melissa made it very clear she thought her husband had been railroaded. Kevin's bond was set at $25 million. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Zellner uh, suggested using the money to clear his name, you know, running tests and shit yeah. like that, as opposed to getting him out. Yeah. And as much as they hated to hear that, they left him there. He even said, leave me here. Like, yeah. do, do what you got to do. So Tom Zach at this point starts running his fucking mouth. On October 29th, he told the Chicago Tribune, quote, the evidence shows us that Riley was sexually abused during life. What? No, no. Right. This ended up launching an unfounded DCFS investigation that lasted six months. Oh. Riley's pediatrician also said that there had never been a hint of prior sexual abuse. Uh, during Kevin's initial hearing, Tom Zach also said, quote, the autopsy report indicated Riley was alive and struggling when placed in the water. Later, Scott Denton, the forensic pathologist who performed Riley's autopsy, signed a sworn affidavit and stated that he never spoke with Tom Zach and did not publicly share his opinions with anyone. Wow. Six days after Kevin's arrest, Glasgow defeated Tom Zach in the state's attorney race. Hmm. Glasgow had no intention to drop the charges, but instead promised to press ahead seeking the death penalty. <laughs> With the possibility of a trial, Kathleen Zellner began doing reenactments of the, quote, so-called confession, including how he put Riley in the water to how thin the paper, uh, to how paper thin the door was. So <clears throat> they said that he walked down the embankment and put her down there. Yeah. Uh, there's no way that they would have found her where they did if he would have done that. She had to have been thrown off the bridge. Hmm. So they did that four different times and same oh, really? result every time. Um, <clears throat> Chad took the lead in a public relations counteroffensive stance against the media. And like they wanted to all along, the family now offered a $20,000 reward. Will County prosecutors handed over several reports to Zellner at a hearing on January 28th of 2005. While waiting for the DNA, Glasgow said as far as he knew, the little girl's rape kits had not contained sufficient genetic material to yield a usable profile. Mm. The FBI would be returning the sample within a week. What neither attorney realized, including Kathleen Zellner, was that the DNA had never been tested. <laughs> a day after the election, what? a day after the election, an order came from the Will County Sheriff's detective, Twatface Ed Hayes, to halt all testing in the Riley Fox murder case. What? Several, Why? Several days later, Zellner was puzzled over the, quote, inconclusive finding for the presence of saliva. She spoke with a forensic scientist who said the state crime lab simply just didn't have the sophisticated capabilities that would be needed to properly test the sample for substance. Wow. Zellner secured a court order for the sample to be tested at Bodie Technology Group in Virginia. Mm -hmm. On uh, April 5th, Zellner discovered the Virginia lab never received the sample. Dude, what the fuck? Because none other than Ed Hayes sent it to the state lab and it had been returned to Joliet. What the fuck? Yeah. So that's that's twice twice now. 
Christ. Yeah, dude, you're, um, you're on a roll. Yeah, so they got it. They sent it. Uh, the lab said it would take two months if there yeah. was even enough material at this point to test. Right, right. Uh, on June 7th, the lab found a man's saliva, just enough to extract a full DNA profile. Ooh. June 8th, it was compared to Kevin Fox's DNA and wasn't even close to being a match. The family wanted Kevin's immediate release, but understood that they'd have to wait for a final report, obviously. Yeah. Uh, eight days later, at 6 p.m., Zellner was faxed the final report. Mm. Wearing and handing out t-shirts that said, quote, test before arrest, and <laughs> 376 days of a killer on the loose, friends and family gathered outside the Will County Courthouse. Yeah. During the hearing, Glasgow said the DNA resulted in a, quote, absolute exclusion of Kevin Fox as a donor. The people lacked the probable cause to continue to hold him on these charges and would be unable to meet our burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. Glasgow stops just short of directly criticizing Tom Zack for the mishandling of the case. The family um, obviously was pissed off, and they pushed uh, and eventually got past something called Riley's Law. Yeah. Um, and it's a measure to expedite DNA testing in child murders. In 2007, Rod Bl- Blagojevich... Ray, good old Rod! Uh, he ordered the budget to hire eight more forensic scientists to the state lab to ensure that children's murder DNA would be tested immediately. Good. So, wow. Kevin sued Will County and multiple others, uh, ultimately winning a $5.5 million verdict that was reduced to $8.5 million. Wow. In 2009, the FBI stepped in, determined to find Riley's killer because they don't... They don't have anybody at yeah, this point. Yeah. During the, their initial investigation, this is how this is crazy. The FBI came across a woman who claimed her ex-boyfriend behaved strangely when asked about the murder. Hmm. They were walking, and there's a bench dedicated to Riley. Yeah. And she said something about Riley being murdered, and it wasn't what he said. She said how he said it bothered her. Really. And she just had a gut feeling that he did something. Get out of here. So she she called the FBI. No shit. Mm -hmm. So Scott was questioned by the FBI while incarcerated on an unrelated sexual assault assault charge. He was serving uh, two consecutive seven-year sentences for sexual assault of a 14-year-old. No shit. He denied any involvement, but immediately after called his mother and over a recorded prison phone line, he told her he might be put away for life. Wow. A few days later, Scott Ebby attempted suicide and left a note confessing to Riley's murder. His DNA was tested and was 100% matched to the DNA found in and on Riley. Also, the police found a pair of mud-covered shoes at the scene the night Riley was murdered. Do you want to know what was written in the shoes? What? Dude's last name. Shut the fuck up. His fucking last name was written inside the boots. Oh my god, what is wrong with these guys? They 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 did nothing Dude, with them, obviously. Horseshit. So they finally went back to Scott because his attempt to kill himself did not work because yeah. you suck at life. Right. Um so he confessed that he cut the screen of a neighbor's house across the street and stole forty dollars. Then he walked across the street to the Fox home. He entered through the broken back door that could not be locked. He looked for shit to steal, but found nothing of value. He saw the kids and, quote, fixated on the little girl. That makes me want to stab you in the fucking ear with an ice pick. I want to kill you and torture you. Like that. 
He left the house, backed his car into the Fox's driveway, re-entered the Fox home, covered Riley's mouth, carried her out to the car through the front door, that's why it was open, put her in the trunk and drove to a nearby park. He sexually assaulted her in the men's bathroom and then drowned her in a nearby creek. He was charged with five counts of first-degree murder and one count of predatory sexual assault. He received a life sentence without the possibility of parole, and he is currently at the Pontiac Correctional Facility. Mm. Now, at the time of Riley's murder, uh, he was on fucking parole. (laughs) Go figure. And was living about a mile away from the Fox's home. Now, I tried to see what he was on parole for, assuming it was like a sexual assault thing. Yeah. Um, The only thing I could find was he was in prison currently for the the 14 year old sexual assault but that he had committed robberies and stuff so i think that's what he was on parole for but yeah he was he was on fucking parole oh my god why why wasn't he in jail dude sells a pound of pot and gets sent to fucking prison right and this guy gets out fucking blows my mind Mm -hmm. dude blows my fucking mind so the whole fucking time they could had, have been solved right away. They had dude shoes. Yeah. Right there. Dude. When I read that, I was like, what the... What? That is some shitty fucking police work. And I mean, there's a there's a picture of the, the muddy shoe with his name. I mean, huge. It's like two inch high letters. Oh my God. Saying Ebby. And they found him. They found him that night. So how much did Kevin get again? He walked away with uh, $8.5 million. Good for him. Yes. And now they have actually moved to Naperville. Okay. Um, now, I read before that uh, they got divorced. Mm. Um, I, I didn't really look into it because really it's it's very common when there's a death of a child. It, it yeah, really does it tear couples apart, yeah. you know. Which it, it It's should... hard not to. Yeah, but... Uh... I would think it would bring you closer together. Yeah, but I, I don't... It, it just doesn't. I know. I mean, two two couples that I know that I was close with dealt with the death of a child, and yeah. both of them were divorced within yeah, two or three years. Just yeah. my thinking is it would bring you... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring you together. Yeah. But. So I'm not sure if they're divorced. That's their business. You know? Yeah. So uh, Tyler would be... He would be in his mid-20s by now. Yeah. So, but yeah, they got $8.5 million and got the fuck out of Wilmington and went to Naperville by where his brother lived. Good for them. So. Good for them. So false confessions are a thing. It happens. It definitely happens. This is the second one we've done with a false confession. When you're interrogated for over 14 fucking hours. And literally, so you're, you're tired, you're hungry. Mm. Any rational person, you're you, you're me, gonna do whatever you can. If to they get the tell fuck you right, if they tell you okay, make it sound like an accident, we'll bond you out tonight. Yeah, you're gonna make you're something gonna fucking up. Do it. So that's what he did. Man, unreal. Mm-hmm. And it was like I said, it was a, it was a crime of opportunity. Yeah, he went in to steal something and found her. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a good one. That, that one broke my one. heart a little yeah, bit. Yeah. That- that did to me too. Yeah. So I appreciate you doing that one. What a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Just shitty police work. I hope dude's the one getting fucked in jail every day. Yeah, right. I hope they know he's a fucking child rapist. Oh, I'm sure they do. I, 
I'm sure they do. But where the DNA was that they found. Yeah, that's that's, that's what, bad. Where they found it and what it was. That's bad. That's what, that's what did me in. Like, ugh, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even know what to say. This might be another burning of the notebook one. Yeah. Because this one's a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. This one was hard. So. All right. So up next is Delphi. Delphi. And that'll be a couple parter. It'll be a Patreon. It'll be a Patreon couple parter. So people, yeah. if you want to hear it, you're gonna have to sign up for this. It's gonna be good. It'll be good. I'll. We'll have part one out soon within the next couple of days. Yeah. So it's going to. It'll be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, it'll be good. And like I said before, I get to say close to the fest <laughs> like 972 <laughs> times. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Shut <laughs> up. Dick. Oh, you love me. Somebody has to. Yeah, right? Mm, fuck. Mm. All right. Well. Better wrap things up. Yeah. So. I can't take a nap. I have to drive Leah to fucking driver's ed. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Bullshit. I should just tell her, take the car. <laughs> just go just yourself. Go. <laughs> It'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening in and stay tuned for our merchandise. Yes. And uh, that will be up. So hopefully you guys. That'll will, be up today. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy that. Also, and the other stuff too—the pens, magnets, stickers. Yeah, that's got all more refilled. Of those. Yep. So, um, so that's about it, guys. We will be talking to you in a few days. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc